Do not get sucked into this whole Ukraine nonsense, this entire Ukraine thing. It is one big distraction by the media. It's a pitiful attempt to give Biden a win and to distract us all from the fact that the man is an abysmal failure. That's coming up. Biden has, speaking of Biden, speaking of the failure, he has his first Supreme Court vacancy. Nothing too shocking. Stephen Breyer, uh, liberal justice Stephen Breyer is stepping down, is retiring, giving Biden a chance to replace him with a, another liberal. And in fact, not just a liberal, but with a black woman, because Biden has already pledged I don't think he's found any qualifications. I don't think he cares if the person even knows anything about the law, about the Constitution. It's going to be a black woman. Biden has promised that he is going to choose a black woman. Well, there you go. Well, what if there's a white woman who's more qualified? What if there's a black man who's more qualified for the job? Biden doesn't seem to care. Who cares? What does qualifications have to do with, with being on the Supreme Court? And here's the question. Wouldn't you think that the man would have learned, not that Biden has anything to do with any, that I'm, I'd be shocked if Biden's even aware that Breyer is retiring, because who knows if, if, he, if they told him. But you would think that whoever's calling the shots would have learned their lesson. What was the criteria for, for VP? What was the criteria for running mate? Well, let me remember, it was a black woman. So they chose a black woman, Kamala Harris, and... Look at that. Look what happened. Look how that went. I mean, that was the worst vice president in history because the criteria was not qualifications. The criteria not experience, not based on anything other than choosing a black woman. So that was a total failure. Let's try the exact same formula again. And this is frightening because at least Kamala only has a four year term and at least the VP doesn't really have much of a job. I mean, now you're talking about Supreme Court justice and there are some who speculate that that Kamala is actually going to be his choice. I'm not sure how many black women there are who are. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are. You know, who are who potentially have the track record, have the resume for for Supreme Court justice. But like, there are. You know, there aren't that many people in the country. Period. Who are qualified and have the track record to be a Supreme Court justice. So this is truly frightening. And do you know how many black Supreme Court justices there are right now, right now sitting on the Supreme Court? You know how many black justices there are? There is one. There is one Supreme Court justice who is black. He was appointed by a Republican. It's Clarence Thomas. And Biden did everything possible to block his nomination and to shut it down and to actually not allow Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court, just yes, Biden back in the 90s as a senator on the Judiciary Committee, Biden did everything possible over these bogus allegations. Biden tried to shut down Clarence Thomas to block him. Why? Because he was a conservative. Because if you're black, but you're a conservative, you don't count as a black. If you're a conservative, it, this is actually a fact. Democrats all the talk about the only thing, they, the only criteria that matters is race. And it's all about quotas. And it's all about diversity. But unless you're unless you're conservative, if you're conservative, you don't count. If you're Colin Powell, if you're Clarence Thomas, if you're Ben Carson, if you are a conservative, then like it's as if you're not black. See, it's like everything is about minorities, right? Everything. You don't have to be qualified. Look at Kamala. I mean, could you think of anybody less qualified to be VP? But she fit the mold. She's a black woman. But if you're a black conservative, then suddenly you're, you're not black. That's literally how they look at this. And I always say, I don't care one bit about diversity. I don't care about skin color. You could literally put nine Hispanics on the Supreme Court. You could literally have a Hispanic as president and vice president or a black as president and, and, and as speaker of the House. You name it. I'll take nine women on the Supreme Court. I'll take nine 
Muslims on the Supreme Court as long as they share my values. I do not care one bit about this diversity nonsense or about quotas or affirmative action. It's Democrats. They're the ones who make everything about race. All right, this is a great story. Unilever. Unilever, the parent company of Ben and Jerry, they have lost billions and billions of dollars. They are hemorrhaging money, and it is so well-deserved. And don't you love the poetic justice here? Unilever has lost, ever since they made the announcement that they are boycotting Israeli settlements, or what they call Israeli-occupied territories, Unilever has lost, they have tanked, like, unimaginably, they have lost 26 billion dollars, literally almost from the day, if you look at the, the their stock price, the day they made the announcement, and I'm talking about Ben and Jerry, Unilever, they tried to distance themselves, but they're the parent company, so good luck with that. Ben and Jerry literally joining the, 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 the BDS movement. In fact, they are proclaiming proudly that they are uh, stand behind, support the BDS movement, and Unilever is the parent company of Ben and Jerry. And a lot of it's related, oh, not every, not their, their entire loss is not all related to Ben and Jerry and the BDS stuff, but a, a great deal of it is because what happened was a lot of U.S. states have divested their money. A lot of U.S. states invested in Unilever and they pulled their investments because they don't work with BDS supporters and they don't invest in, in, in companies that support the anti-Semitic BDS movement. So you have Unilever supporting an anti-Semitic movement. And ever since the day they made that announcement, uh, they have lost 26 billion dollars and now they're they're firing people they're laying people off well we'll get to more details about that coming up all right ukraine so the media is having a meltdown over ukraine the whole ukraine story is a smoke screen the media they're trying to give biden a win a very rare win in fact i don't think biden even knows what the word means because ukraine is kind of like a layup nobody cares about ukraine so biden has to stand tough against vladimir putin and now there are huge storylines that are being totally ignored right now. I mean, the country, I mean, inflation is out of control. You've got the border mess. You know, Biden is trying to pass a bill that would allow voter fraud. And, of course, you have the Afghanistan mess, the, the, the Iran debacle. And the media is literally ignoring the mainstream media, literally Sunday shows this week, ignoring every single big story. And it's all about Ukraine. And nobody cares about Ukraine. Ukraine is not a threat. Yeah, we care. We care about Putin, but we don't really. Nobody really cares. It's like it's not going to make any difference in anybody's lives. But like I said, they're just trying to bury all of Biden's many, many, many failures. And like like many, like tons of failures. The man is a walking failure. That's not even a new thing, by the way. So uh, so one caller asked, well, what is my opinion about Ukraine? Should we send tr troops to Ukraine? Should we engage? Should we prevent Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine? And the answer is absolutely not. The military should not be anywhere near this. We should never, ever send troops to protect Ukraine and to defend Ukraine's borders. And look, should you tr should we try to diplomatically stop Putin? Should we try to increase sanctions? By the way, Biden has done everything possible to empower Putin. Biden has made Putin rich because Biden stopped a lot of oil drilling in the United States and he basically turned the, you know, ch ch just transformed the world where under Trump, the United States was like the biggest supplier of world oil. And now Biden, because he panders to the environmentalist radicals on the left, Biden has shut down a lot of oil drilling in the United States and Putin has taken that over. So Russia has become one of the biggest oil suppliers around the world, not to mention the Nord Stream natural gas uh, pipeline, which Trump shut down and Biden actually allowed that to start up. So Biden has literally made Putin rich and made the United States poor, which is it's disgraceful. I mean, it's totally, totally outrageous. Nobody's talking about that. 
But here's the thing is you don't you you don't get the mil- so yeah we should try to stop Putin we don't want Putin to go, to go and basically you know uh have a resurgence of the Soviet re- recreate the Soviet Union that's fine but the military it should not ever be involved in anything like this and and yeah look the military they'd love to be relevant and I'm very pro military I you know the, certainly I have a tremendous amount of respect you know, for for the military, for our troops, and when 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 they belong somewhere, I, I I absolutely support them, like Afghanistan. But just like the rest of government, the military should only be deployed when necessary. And my philosophy is very simple: you do not send troops unless American lives are threatened. The only time you ever send troops, and we're not going to get into World War II right now, which is a very very different situation for obvious reasons. I mean, they were taking over the world. I've, putting aside, obviously, what was happening to Yidin and what was happening to Jews, you know, Rahman al-Tzlan, the unthinkable, putting all that aside, World War II was different for a whole host of reasons. But I'm talking about just a normal, isolated situation like Russia, Ukraine. We're not the policemen of the world, okay? Afghanistan, the reason we sent troops was not to protect the Afghanis who were being ruled by the Taliban for years. Afghanistan was because the terrorists were a threat to the United States, because literally al-Qaeda and the Taliban and bin Laden, who were in Afghanistan, they took down the World Trade Center on 9-11, okay? And it was a continuing existential threat, probably the biggest threat at the time, to American lives, okay? That's why, in addition to the rest of the world, but it was a threat to American lives. Same thing with Syria and ISIS. That's why you sent troops to Syria. So that's it. You, that, that, that's all. You do not send troops if American lives are not in danger, period. And, and the reason is very simple, because you're endangering American lives by sending soldiers into harm's way and because it costs hundreds of millions of dollars and even more. And look at Iraq. And, and, and if you're worried about Putin basically starting another Cold War, well, there are many ways to shut that down. I mean, look at Reagan. Reagan shut down the Soviets. Reagan shut down the real Cold War, and he did not send a single troop. And they made this mistake with Vietnam. They made the mistake with Iraq. Yes, they thought they had bad intelligence that Saddam had WMDs and he was a threat to the U.S. But as soon as that was debunked, as soon as they realized that there were no WMDs, they should have immediately pulled out. And it bankrupts the country. It's as simple as that for, and, and, and for no good reason. And by the way, it usually doesn't even work. Usually sending troops to be a policeman, look at Vietnam, usually we just end up losing a lot of soldiers' lives and it doesn't actually accomplish what it's supposed to. And the, you know what shows you how illogical, how irrational this whole thing is with Ukraine? Biden pulled out of Afghanistan, but now he's going to go to Ukraine? How does it make any sense to pull out of Afghanistan and say, listen, we can't be the world's policeman, and listen, look how many troops we've lost. It's time to get out of there, and now you're going to actually send troops, troops to Ukraine. I mean, that's just, it's just absurd. It's almost as though, like, the only thing setting policy for Biden is, well, if it goes against Trump. Trump was in Afghanistan, so we're going to pull out. Trump did not get involved with Ukraine and did not threaten Putin enough, even though he did, by the way. It's underrated because Trump actually did send weapons to Ukraine and did help Ukraine fend off Putin. And and this stuff never happened under Trump. But it's absurd to set policy by saying, well, what would Trump do? Let's do the opposite. But what's the most amazing is think about this. If Trump were president right now, this would not even be a conversation. For four years, you never heard anybody talking about Putin attacking or invading Ukraine or building troops up on Ukraine because he was too afraid of Trump's response. And and, and not that Trump necessarily would have sent troops in. I, I doubt he would have because that's not that wasn't the Trump approach. But just the fear of retaliation was enough. It prevented Iran from attacking uh, U.S. naval ships. It prevented Putin. It prevented Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Just Trump's presence in the White House. If Ted Cruz were president, if Nikki Haley were president, 
This would not even be a conversation because Putin would be too frightened. But because it's Biden in charge and because everyone knows that you know Biden is too weak and too pitiful to respond, so Putin is testing, challenging Biden, as are many other countries around the world right now. All right, back to Unilever. As I said, since Ben and Jerry's announced that they're boycotting Israeli-occupied settlements, as they call it, obviously that's not accurate, they have lost $26 billion. A bunch of states, a bunch of companies have pulled their money out of Unilever in protest. And now Unilever, they're doing this massive restructuring and they're essentially dropping. They own Ben and Jerry's, so they can't totally drop it. But they're essentially dropping Ben and Jerry's and saying Ben and Jerry's is now going to be to- a to- its own standalone company that's not directly managed by Unilever anymore. And they're firing 1,500 employees around the world. And this is just a disaster. It's a bloodbath for Unilever, which they deserve, as I said. Now, let me just say this to Ben and Jerry. Companies should not get involved in politics, period, whatever side you're on, because nobody cares what the company owner thinks about politics, what their political views are. Hey, you know what? Uh, What do you think of the infrastructure bill? Well, I don't know. Why don't we go ask the guy who makes ice cream? I mean, he makes a mean jamocha almond fudge. So I'm sure that he has a good opinion about the infrastructure bill. I'm sure, you know, I mean, like, what are your thoughts about the border crisis? Well, let's go ask Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, the guy made this incredible social media network. Uh, let's, let's find out what Zuckerberg thinks about the border crisis or Warren Buffett. I mean, come on. What, why, why should the fact that they have a successful company and know how to make ice cream have any bearing on their political views? But here's what I say. Even if you do, nobody cares about your opinion, but if you are going to express an opinion, then probably you should not join uh, an anti-Semitic BDS movement and a pro-terrorist movement because the results will be catastrophic. And remember when Ben and Jerry were interviewed and were asked point blank, well, what about the places, the states that you disagree with politically, the states that pass laws that that are against your ideology, that are not Israel, and you still sell ice cream there? Why is it that you're targeting Israel, and yet there are all these other places that you disagree with politically, you still sell ice cream there? And we know the answer. The answer is because, they were, anyway, they stammered away, they hemmed and hawed, they had no answer. They had no response, because there is no answer, because they were called out, and their hypocrisy was exposed, and they're anti-Semites, and they're self-hating Jews, I guess you'd call them, and they target Israel, and that's what this is all about. It's not because they disagree with Israel politically. It's because they're specifically targeting Israel and targeting Jews. And that's why they were stumped and had no answer. All right. Sweden is recommending against the COVID vaccine. This is a big story for, for children 11 and age 11 and under. Sweden, the, the, the health ministry or health department of Sweden is recommending against children getting the COVID vaccine age 11 and under, and they're saying that the benefits do not outweigh the risks for children of that age group and makes a lot of sense to me. And again, speak to your doctor. Don't ever take medical advice or medical guidance from me. Obviously, I'm not a medical expert. I don't claim to be a medical expert. I think you'd have to be nuts to uh, listen to anything that I have to say medically, but I'm still going to express my opinion because I think it gets people thinking and I think it couldn't hurt. But it's very simple in my mind is that children, the the odds of a child, uh, even if the vaccine has minimal risks, the odds of a child getting very sick, a normal healthy child without underlying conditions getting very uh, sick from COVID, even the Omicron, Omicron variant, 
the odds are extremely, extremely infinitesimal. They're extremely minute. So you really need to have, there's really not a lot of benefit then to the vaccine. So even if there's very minimal risk from taking the vaccine, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but even if the, even if the vaccine poses minimal risk, when you're talking about children, there already is a very, very minimal risk, minimal risk from COVID to begin with. That's the logic. And here's the question. Are you going to tell me that Sweden and the Swedish health department that they are anti-vaxxers? Because the problem, and again, speak to your doctor, but I'm concerned that there are people out there who don't want to vaccinate their children, but they're afraid of being labeled anti-vaxxers. So my point just is this. You could be pro-vaccine. You could recommend that adults get the vaccine. Again, speak to your doctor. You could be pro-vaccine and anti-mandate, but still not be anti-vaccine. But certainly if you say, listen, I don't think that I want my child to be vaccinated from COVID. I don't think that that makes you uh, uh, labeled an anti-vaxxer. So I thought that's interesting. Uh, back to Ukraine, uh, conservative talk show host Michael Savage he says that Biden is pulling a wag the dog with Ukraine. And essentially what that means is that they're using Ukraine as a distraction. Sort of what I was saying earlier from the disastrous Biden administration, which has been a total failure. Here's what Savage said. He said, he said essentially that they're, you know, they're talking about invading, uh, not, not invading Ukraine, but sending troops to, to Ukraine to, to prevent, um, a, a, an invasion from, or an incursion, as Biden put it, from Putin, essentially saying that Biden is, is is trying desperately to rescue his failure of administration. Here's some quotes from Savage. Quote, Biden's in a hole, so he's got to go to war. In wartime, citizens tend to stop criticizing the commander in chief, and instead they rally around him. It's a good way to shut up dissidents, isn't it? We have inflation at a 40-year high, supply chain problems, store shelves are empty, vax mandates, which nobody liked or wanted. One problem after another, and Joe is blaming everybody but his own administration. So what's a better way to get out of a tough situation? Go to war with Russia. He couldn't kill the filibuster to push illegal voting. He would have eliminated voter ID, which four-fifths of the American people support, and institutionalized ballot harvesting and allowed illegals to vote. He was stopped by two people in the Senate. So essentially, Savage's point is that Biden is doing this simply to try to get a win because it's just he's been a total failure. Uh, by the way, Savage also said that if anything, you should not t- pick a fight with Russia because Russia is pretty much our only ally against radical Islam. Savage basically, he said, quote, he said it was Trump and Putin together who combined forces to drive ISIS out of the Middle East initially. You know, so we were working with Russia and he says that Obama dragged his heels. Obama let ISIS grow and they almost took over the Middle East. He says, why are we attacking our natural, our one natural ally against radical Islam, which is Russia? He says, maybe Obama, who's soft on Islam, Islamism, is pulling the strings all over again with Biden. And, I, and by the way, I would add, I have no doubt that Obama is pulling the strings. We know somebody's pulling the strings. Obama's certainly the most likely obvious choice for for, for many reasons. Uh, and also Savage said that it would crush an already strained economy uh, to send troops to Ukraine and start getting into a military engagement there. All right. A historic day today, Sunday, at the United Arab Emirates. They played – I never thought I would see this day in my lifetime. They played the Israeli national anthem at the Royal Palace of Abu Dhabi. I mean you cannot make this stuff up. President Herzog of Israel and his wife, they visited the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. And now the two countries, of course, are pretty much close friends. As shocking as, as that sounds, we never thought we would see it. But the UAE and Israel and Israel and a bunch of Gulf Arab states have become – close allies, have diplomatic ties, diplomatic relations, and they're essentially, these countries are embracing Israeli leadership to the point where they're playing the Israeli national anthem at the Royal Palace of Abu Dhabi. 
It's it's astonishing. It's insane. And and, and as Mahmoud Abbas is eating his heart out because he's like the forgotten stepchild who's been discarded, the evil man that he is, leading the the you know, the evil Palestinian terrorists. And uh, who deserves all the credit for this, by the way? I mean, who the, the the man who literally made peace between the Israelis and the Arabs, these bitter enemies, was President Trump, along with Jared Kushner, getting zero credit. Not to mention Trump gave us Operation Warp Speed, and Trump is the reason this, this vaccine, which uh, Democrats love and embrace and support, and for good reason, because the, 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 the COVID vaccine has done a lot of good things— the man who deserves all the credit is Trump, but they can't give him the credit. Why? Because his tweets are mean and offensive, and he's not a nice person, and he talks about draining the swamp. So, of course, we're never going to give Trump any credit. Meanwhile, an- another bombshell story involving the Israelis, and this time the Saudis, is there's a story today, MBS, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, MBS Mahmoud ben Salman, he cut a deal with Netanyahu, Back in 2020, MBS and and Prime Minister Netanyahu actually cut a deal where MBS renewed the Saudis' rights licensed to the NSO spy software, the Pegasus software. And uh, in return for that, the Saudis agreed to allow the Israelis to fly over Saudi airspace. And that was another bombshell deal that Trump was involved in working out. But essentially... This is just amazing. You had, the, you know, the NSO, of course, it, it's it's somewhat controversial, you know, because they say that it's being used for the wrong purposes. But it's incredible spy software. The Pegasus software, NSO is the Israeli group that created uh, the, the Pegasus spy software. This Pegasus spy software, you can use it to, like, spy on people's um, smartphones, etc. It, it's like an ingenious software. And uh, the Israelis are the ones, of course, who own the license to it and who and, and, and who operate it. So MBS, the Saudis, needed to, re- to renew their license for the Pegasus spy software. And Netanyahu said, well, hang on. You don't allow us to fly over Saudi airspace. And MBS agreed, at least if the story is accurate and, and it's being spread all over the media, is MBS and the Saudis said, all right, listen, in return for renewing our license to Pegasus, you can now fly over uh, Saudi airspace and Israeli planes to this day. That was a historic moment because they actually use, I don't think they land in Saudi Arabia, but they use Saudi airspace. And it almost sounds like a spy novel. And here's what Netanyahu did over and over again. And, and just like Trump, Netanyahu gets no credit for this. Netanyahu, he leveraged Israeli technology, whether it was the Iron Dome or Pegasus or many other incredible um, inventions that came out of Israel that were desperately needed by foreign governments. So Netanyahu, he cut all sorts of deals with foreign countries, including enemies like the Saudis, making Israel rich and powerful and, uh, you know, making Israel literally a world economic superpower. And yet, of course, Netanyahu gets no credit. In fact, Netanyahu was indicted on bogus charges. Now he's in the process of, of cutting some sort of plea arrangement. All right, multiple arrests have been made in the UK in connection with that terrorist in Coleyville, Texas. What was his name? Malik Akram. Suddenly, after the fact, this is what happens, is after the fact, they find these terrorists who are working along with this madman. And we've seen this happen with other terror attacks as well. And this is very significant, in addition to the fact that it shows what we always say, which is that they have leads, they have knowledge about these terrorists beforehand, but a lot of times they still don't prevent, these are preventable attacks very often, but sometimes law enforcement is simply asleep at the switch until after the fact. But also the media made it sound like this was like a random lunatic. The media made it sound like this was like a one-off attack and this wasn't coordinated, it wasn't planned, it wasn't part of a larger group, and that is clearly not true. This was 
coordinated this attack in Coldyville. This was planned probably for weeks and months. And, and, and Malik Akram, the terrorist, he himself, in a recording with his family, he said this. He basically said this, that he planned this, and this was well thought out and well strategized. This wasn't like some random thing. And this could happen again. And it was part of a campaign, basically, to attract young Muslims who are in the UK to travel to the US because they'll easily get a visa, just like this guy did, and to carry out essentially a jihad in the United States. So it's pretty, pretty chilling. And uh, as we see more and more arrests being made, Fox News has obtained shocking footage from the border, from the southern border of illegals being shuttled off to cities around the country by Border Patrol. Yes, U.S. Border Patrol, this is Fox News obtained this footage. Stunning footage. U.S. Border Patrol, they are busing illegals uh, into airports, and then they're taking those same illegals and putting them on flights around the country. Now, are these minors, are these unaccompanied minors who are being shuttled into the country? Are these families with children? No. These were mostly adult males. What's incredible about this footage is it was mostly adult males who literally entered the country illegally, and Fox News has this footage of these people being shuttled by Border Patrol and then put onto airplanes and flown around the country. Let me read you here a quote from Fox News. Quote, large numbers of single adult illegal immigrants are being released and transported into the U.S. and Texas via a small unmarked office in a parking lot. This was according to video footage obtained by Fox News. The footage shows several federally contracted buses dropping off dozens of mostly male migrants at a parking garage in Brownsville, Texas. Black tarps were set up with a makeshift sign that said, quote, Border Patrol drop off. Fox witnessed men go into a small unmarked office, then reemerge moments later as multiple taxi cabs showed up to collect the migrants who were shuttled off to nearby Harlingen Airport. There were no children or families among the groups. Several of the migrants told Fox they crossed illegally that morning. They paid about $2,000 each to smugglers, to cartel, to human traffickers. And they said they were flying to destinations that included Miami, Houston, and Atlanta. So if you want a free trip to relatives to visit Miami, Houston, Atlanta, or who knows, other cities around the country, simply go to the border, uh, claim asylum, or just come come across the border and say, hey, I'm here illegally. I have a relative in Miami. Can I get a free flight to Miami? And no problem. You'll be shuttled. They'll do it. They'll do it very sneakily because they don't want anybody to catch on, even though they're very proud of what they're doing, supposedly, the Biden administration, the open border socialist policies, and you'll get a free ticket to Miami. The problem is that you're in the country legally. That's why you have to actually pay for a flight to Miami. All right, we have so much more to get to, but it'll have to wait till next time. That's going to do it for today. We will see you next time.